Welcome, writers, game masters, and creatives to the World Builders Tavern. Today, we are talking about seasons one and two of The Mandalorian. So if you haven't seen these, well, you're going to get some spoilers. Grab an ale, pull up a chair. I'm Emma, your friendly barkeep, and along with Allison. Hi. And Christiana. Hello. We are happy to have you here. Cheers. 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 So for a little bit of background, The Mandalorian is an American space Western television series that streams on Disney+. Plus. Uh, that's the only place you can watch it, so if you don't have a Disney Plus subscription, steal one from your friend. Uh, <laughs> beginning five years after the events of Return of the Jedi and the fall of the Galactic Empire, The Mandalorian follows Din Djarin, a lone Mandalorian bounty hunter in the outer reaches of the galaxy. He is hired by remnant Imperial forces, so those are the bad guys in Return of the Jedi. Uh, he is hired to retrieve the child Grogu, but instead goes on the run to protect the infant instead of delivering him to the um, Imperial... I forget what his title is, but his name is Moff Gideon, and he's a pretty bad guy, but he wants Grogu. So that's kind of the, the overarching scope. So we so yeah. season three is coming out right away, or it's currently coming out, right? Like it's already yeah, it's right now. It's happening. Yeah, it's right now. It's airing yeah. as we speak, and will have aired even more once this uh, goes live. We are going to be talking about season three specifically in our next episode. So this uh, episode now is covering seasons one and two, and then season three you can listen to next time. Yeah. So what do you guys want to talk about? And I will say, Allison and Christiana are our resident Star Wars fanatics. I am a perhaps medium fan. I could take it or leave it. I like it well enough, but I'm not going to... I've never bought any merch from it. That maybe indicates my level of involvedness. But yeah. uh, so I'm excited to see what Allison and Christiana have to say about I, this in particular. I literally have Baby Yoda tattooed on me. So if that's any... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Christiana and I yeah. are big old Star Wars Just nerds. Just a bunch I of have, big old geeks. So. I have two Ahsoka paintings in my office. Oh, two. Love it. Ahsoka, I love it. <laughs> and Ahsoka is part of this series. And maybe yes. my favorite part of this series so far is oh Ahsoka's goodness. appearance. So I love seeing characters that I love from like one series showing up in another in yeah. different formats. So this is really cool because Ahsoka has never been played by a, a real life actor. Yeah. Um, you know, she's always been an animated series. And so that was really neat um, getting to see. So actually I want to talk about this. An <laughs> interesting topic for world builders and writers. Yeah. Setting a new story in a familiar world. And the Mandalorian does this so, so good. And I think Star Wars shows are kind of hit and miss whether they do this well or not. Yeah, but the definitely. Mandalorian is a really, really good example. And it manages to capture the spirit of the original trilogy in ways that other Star Wars shows haven't done for me. Yeah. So I'm really excited to talk with Christiana in particular about like how they managed <laughs> yeah. to do that. Because I, I, I'm not even sure I can pinpoint exactly what it is yeah like, is it like I, the grittiness or the music or just all of the above you know yeah casting I, choices i think it's a little bit all of the above um mm -hmm. one thing that i think why mandalorian can get away with all of these easter eggs and all of these crossovers and bringing these characters back is because it's episodic right mm -hmm. so if you were to dedicate an entire show and again spoiler warning Ahsoka is in the show. 
Luke Skywalker is in the show. All of these famous characters are in the show. If they were there the entire time, it would feel forced. But the fact that Mm -hmm. it's episodic and it really is a space Western, right? Like it follows kind of like typical samurai movie plots and also Western plots. But it's so episodic that it's cool for Din to land on a planet and Ahsoka is there. Ahsoka is going to help him out for this one episode. And you're just there and you're just like, yes, I get to enjoy this for 20 minutes or however long she's in the episode. Cheer for her. Feel fantastic, but not question it too hard. And I think Mm. that's because it's episodic. It allows you to bring in these familiar faces and all of these little Easter eggs and all these fun little things without it feeling too forced. Because like I said, he's just there for an hour. Like we're only experiencing it for an hour. The writers do such a good job of teasing things and introducing characters that we know and love for an episode or two. And yet it still would be interesting for a person who like doesn't know who Boba yeah. Fett is mm-hmm. or yeah. like doesn't know who Cad Bane is. That that exactly. was a little bit of a yeah. deeper dig that one. So it so I like your question Allie but like how why does it capture the spirit of the original ones? Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is because it's not afraid to do something new. Like the original, mm-hmm. when Star Wars first came out, it was new, right? We didn't know any of these yeah. characters. We didn't know the universe. We were discovering things. And then with each subsequent Star Wars release, they've stayed very close to that, right? Like episodes one, two, three, episodes seven, eight, nine have all been about the Skywalkers, you know? Yeah. Like Clone Wars, yeah. which is arguably better than either of those trilogies, also still about the Skywalkers. Whereas in this, yeah. it's yeah. a new story. So we get to still have that feeling of adventure and discovering something new. And I think that that is a really great use of world building is, okay, we're going to use the same world, but we're going to make it fresh because we don't want to just yeah. go to the same places we've gone before. That's that's boring. We don't care about yeah. that. That is my that's actually- biggest pet peeve about Star Wars. I love it so much. I am <laughs> so sick of the Skywalkers. And I mean that in a loving way. I'm just like, Give us someone oh, new. <laughs> goodness, there's other people in this whole giant universe. And the same thing. One thing that I will gently critique Mando about, about setting a new story in a familiar world, Tatooine is either an outer rim planet that no one cares about, or it's vitally important. Pick one. You can't Which have one Tat- is it? Yeah, you can't have every series end up on Tatooine and be like, no one knows about Tatooine and no one cares about it. I'm like, that's clearly not true. Everyone shows up there. So it is obviously a hive of villainy at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm scum and villainy. I get it. Yes. But I'm like, pick pick another. There's got to be other hives of scum and villainy. (laughs) I have seen famous authors fall into this trap. And sadly, it works. Yeah. (laughs) That they will just keep writing the same series over and over and over again. Like, just with different names. Yeah, like yeah, and like it works because they're famous and they have a fame fan base and people want more of the same. So like you can do that if you want to, um, and you might succeed at it. But I don't find it interesting. Um, Like one of my favorite authors did that, and after a while, I just stopped reading his new books because I'm like, I just I've read this story before. Yeah, yeah, I've read this like three times already. Yeah. So, and that does happen in Star Wars a lot. Like, if you look at A New Hope and The Force Awakens, it's mm-hmm. basically the same movie. Like, when you really yeah. break down oh, the yeah. plot, like, it's yeah. kind of the same movie. I mean, they did that intentionally. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say because that one. Yeah. I forget yeah. a bit. 
because that could have worked if eight and nine well specifically if nine had gone in a different direction yes um, yeah, eight was phenomenal that's my unpopular yeah. star wars opinion we're eight defenders here yeah. um, I, actually... I think we're allison oh we have a dissenter oh. i enjoyed all three of them oh i enjoyed Ooh. all of them for sure um they but i will me, say but... they they are entertaining but i think it could have worked better if the same director yes had... yes directed all three of them because you can really see every different touch and be like this is a different story this yeah is a different story. they all this wanted to tell different stories yeah. and did not care that anybody else is telling and, a, on something else <laughs> yeah so i i i wish they had done that but yeah i agree know, i still was very entertained and i loved that yeah. it started this new star wars revival mm -hmm. yeah so i'm not complaining yeah i think that's the thing too that sometimes Star Wars fans specifically fall into is kind of this this trap of thinking new media affects the past media and they're like mm. oh I hated the sequels this ruined Star Wars for me and I'm like believe it or not you can still pop in your Star Wars VHS and it mm -hmm. magically yeah. isn't edited <laughs> like it's still the it only Star well Wars. I mean with Star Wars <laughs> yeah, though that's not say, always the case <laughs> versions yeah re-releases <laughs> but you know what i mean like sometimes i think people yeah. take it like super seriously um, yeah but i think the mandalorian does a great job of managing that and balancing that where it's it is new and it is weird but it also pulls back in new things and like because it's so different i think it's really easy to kind of take off your big um lucasfilm armor and be like Okay, I'm just going to like, I'm along for the ride. I'm just going to see where this goes and I'm going to enjoy it, right? Uh, yeah, I really liked, I, I, I like how they pull in characters and plots sometimes from the, the Star Wars stuff that is no longer canon. What's it called now? Uh, extended extended universe. universe. Extended, is that what it's called? Yeah. Oh, yes. it had another name, but whatever. Yeah. Um, because I loved the extended universe and yeah. I had some favorite characters from there. I'm a little sad that uh, Han and Leia's kids are not the same mm, yeah. in the new, uh, new show. But that's whatever. It's fine. But I really liked, um, for example, that Ahsoka mentions Admiral Thrawn yes. in season two of The Mandalorian, who is a very well-loved the big villain bad. from the old series that, you know, no one knew if they were going to bring that guy back again but apparently they are oh actually no that's not true he he came back in rebels didn't he wasn't yeah. he in rebels yeah so we already knew this but still cool that yeah. he might be coming into the um maybe the ahsoka series that's coming up but i also um, like okay. that they take old characters and kind of make them new like it could have been easy yes. to have ig88 be the droid that helps mando but instead yep. it's ig11 Right. And like little yeah. shifts like that, where it's like you, as soon as um, IG 11 sh like showed up, as soon as he showed up on the screen, I was like, oh my God, it's IG 88. IG 88 is in this yeah. movie. Oh my God. And I was really pumped. <laughs> and then they're like, IG 11. And I was like, oh, actually, I kind of like that better, I think. Like, it's. You know the droid type, but yeah. it's not the same one, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I like that too. And what, okay, one other throwback Star Wars reference for fans that I have to mention. I think it's in the final episode of season one where you have the two stormtroopers who have just captured Grogu. 
and they they have a conversation with each other and like this conversation would be real boring if it wasn't funny and if you weren't Star Wars fans and like they try and shoot a can with their blasters and they keep missing (laughs) and it's just I don't know I just that scene tickled me so much like just they're just like talking about how Moff Gideon like kills his troops all the time and how they're afraid of him and like (laughs) I don't want to I don't want to tell him you tell him and just like I just enjoyed that scene. <laughs> it's good. So. There's a lot of humor in this show. And that's something mm-hmm. that is, I don't want to say unique to Star Wars, but something that makes Star Wars unique, right? Yes. It's like, I think I can't think of a single Star Wars media piece that doesn't at least have a couple jokes in it. Like mm, humor yeah, is kind true. of just yeah. a part of Star Wars. They do a lot of the humor with Grogu, which oh, I yeah. love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I can't get enough of seeing him like seeing him it's been two seasons and every time I see him do something I'm still like, Oh, he's uh, so adorable. It's incredible, you know, like, it's perfect, no notes. Everything do it again. Yeah. he does, I know. I'm just like, Yes, Grogu, you are amazing. <laughs> so yeah. uh they yeah, they accomplish a lot of goofy stuff with him. Um, yeah. I don't know how they got away with that episode where they take the lizard woman. Oh, and, and her he eggs. eats all her babies. He eats all the eggs. So many <laughs> yeah. of them. I was, and it's. I just can't watch. I'm like, I no, know. no. I couldn't. You're even... supposed to be a good character. I know, and I think people are like, "Isn't that funny?" I'm like, "Man, stop eating her babies." <laughs> 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 No, but they're you're just kind eggs, of laughing but like, at the same t- yeah, yeah, but I was just like, oh, Grogu, that's the whole purpose is for her to be able to get these eggs <laughs> yeah. somewhere safely and you're just eating them? Come on. Come on. Have I'm some really self-restraint. Glad. <laughs> glad he didn't eat all of them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Some of the some of the children survived. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Would you say that that silliness and goofiness, is that built into the world or is that more of the character? Uh, characters or a mix of both i think it's a mix but my favorite thing about star wars is is that realistically it's a goofy universe like it's Mm -hmm. silly it's kind of dumb like a lot of the world building is like if you analyze it too closely you're like this is just this is just silly like Mm -hmm. the fact that these like yeah it's space wizards and these giant slugs who can't move around are somehow the gangsters <laughs> who run all of the outer rim. And you know what I mean? Like when you look at it closely, you're like, or like the Kuwaitian monkeys, uh, I'm blanking on the name, but salacious B crumb. That's mm, a funny mm-hmm. looking character. <laughs> like everything about it is kind of funny. And there's all these little jokes in it. And I think that's what makes Star Wars such a phenomenal universe to write and explore in is is because ultimately the canvas you're working on is a little silly. It's a little silly. Yeah. So if you want to make a silly, <laughs> funny, lighthearted story, you can. Um, but mm-hmm. you but because it's so diverse and because it's so in depth, if you want to make a really, really serious story which I think the Mandalorian is. It's like, it's quite a serious mm-hmm. story about um, diaspora and culture and community and what happens when those things are separated and your community is spread out and all of these things. Like, it's like a very serious 
topic, you can make that happen in this universe, but still have a little bit of like relief with like Grogu eating all of the frog eggs. <laughs> you know? I think that's why I love the show so much. Like oftentimes you get one or the other with sci-fi. Like mm-hmm. I'm thinking of like really dark shows like Battlestar Galactica. I can only watch like one or two episodes at once because I'm like, mm. uh, this is so good, but it's so like gloom and doom and intense. Um, and then you have something like the Orville that is just all yeah. like humor and which I also love. But this gives you a bit of both and it does it really well. Yeah, I think that's what I love about it most is and and again, I'm going to go back to because it's episodic. I think it mm-hmm. extra allows it to do both because mm-hmm. viewers know that for the most part, stories are wrapped up in one episode. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if it's a silly episode, it's easy to just kind of sit back and relax and be like, this is just a silly episode. The next episode yeah. might be really serious. And then when there's a super serious and emotional episode, again, it's kind of easy to sit back and be like, this isn't going to be forever. I'm not going to cry endlessly yeah. for the next 10 hours of watching this. This is just one episode, right? And you can translate that episodic nature into novel writing, I think, by writing a standalone, like standalones that are con- still connected, but they work yeah. on their own. Even separating, if you want to have all of that in one big novel, even separating it by chapters and kind of like yep. having those little like breathing room spaces in there, maybe it's I feel two like that months would later. Be hard. It would definitely be hard. Um, I'm trying to think of an example of a book that does that, and I'm having. Um, I'm sure there. I'm sure there are. Yeah, I think. Um, I think generally, I think then people lean more towards like a collection of short stories. Short stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which all, which also is like a perfectly good way to write. Like if you like those episodic things, yeah. or even like something like um, Love, Death, and Robots, which is an episodic, yeah. mm-hmm. like very episodic TV show. But like if you wrote those as a collection of short stories, would also work like there's all if you want to yeah. tell a bunch of kind of you could have like that oh, i i'm you... also thinking of um the murder bot diaries which we're actually going to talk about in a later episode Ooh. they are novellas so mm, they are mm-hmm. quite short and feel very episodic um and then there's something like jim butcher's dresden files yeah which are full-length novels but they are also very episodic at least yeah. so far i'm reading them i'm reading them with my husband right now because they're his favorite. And so that also feels that way. But at the same time, the stories are connected and like you get recurring yeah. characters and themes. And Chronicles um, of Narnia also is like another yes, one that's kind that's, of like yeah, that, you know, all yeah. set in the same world uh, and kind of have some similar through characters, but not all of them. Uh, a more know. and even more episodic one would be like Terry Pratchett's like Discworld series, yep. which is all yep. in the same world. That's Those really ones are example. very isolated. Like there's not a lot of through lines, yep. but like some of them are. So there's a lot of those. Those do tend to be shorter novels. Like you're gonna have a hard time doing like four, five hundred page yeah. novels that are episodic like that. But you know, I mean, never say never. You could just tougher. Tristan files are like full length novels, and I think Terry Pratchett's. They're not uh, like they're they're, they're not like two hundred thousand no, words. Like they're it's they're not kind like of one day. George R. R. Mark Martin or something. Yeah. Um, There's but... also um, the Southern Reach trilogy, which we'll be covering the first book soon. We will um, be. It's very much the so same. So many upcoming previews. Yeah. <laughs> know, right? It's like 
three books that cover the same issue from different perspectives. Mm. And I always really like that. It's like the same universe, but it's like wildly different experiences within that universe kind of thing. That's mm-hmm. always kind of, I think, um, what Mando is doing with this, with its episodic approach and what you could do as a writer or a world builder with these kind of like snapshot approaches almost to storytelling is instead of spending all of your effort exploring one aspect of the world, you get to explore multiple aspects of the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know if it's the pandemic or... I'm getting older or just different reading preferences, but I'm starting to really appreciate standalone novels. A I lot am more too. Than I used to. Yeah. Hmm. I'm just a busy person. So if I can like sit down and burn yeah. through a 300 page novel in a couple days and, and like it's done. get my fix, it's done. It's wrapped up. I'm satisfied. And yeah. I feel the same way with the Mandalorian where it's like, I'm traveling a lot this month. If I don't get to see the next episode, it doesn't constantly feel like I'm on the edge where I'm like, mm, oh, yeah. I mean, I can't rest until I know what's going to happen. <laughs> Everything feels slightly wrapped up every time. Yep. Mm-hmm. So at least I have mm-hmm. some, I can set it aside and say, okay, it's not the end of the world. Even as a massive Star Wars fan, it's not mm-hmm. the end of the world for me to be like, okay, I can, I can wait an extra two days before I'm home and I yeah. can watch this episode yeah. kind of thing. It, you don't need cliffhangers to get people to come back and that i think that's sort of that is sort of a writing advice and i think it is valid you like you always want to leave the chapter on something that will make someone turn the page and get to the next you always want to end your book with what's going to get them but that doesn't have to be a cliffhanger people could want to turn the page because they love this character or because they love this world it doesn't have to be what's going to happen next but I, I really like this. I, I want, like, you know, like it, it, you, you can fall in love with multiple parts of a story. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be some gripping plot point yeah. that forces your reader along. And it, it also doesn't have to be the main plot. Even if you wrap up the main plot, but leave like one or two threads open enough mm-hmm. that if someone finishes the story and they say, okay, I'm satisfied. I read this plot. Like I read this book for this specific plot and I got what I wanted. I'm satisfied, but there's still like a couple tiny little background questions I'm curious about. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's enough too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And writing multiple stories in the same world is good for a lot of reasons. Like one is the familiarity of, oh, I don't have to redump all of this lore onto you because you know this world. Like we can yeah. get right mm-hmm. into the story. And then also what you said about like the different perspectives. Like one person's going to like, you know, if you have a world where a war took place one person might see that war as having been a great thing and another person's like no this war was terrible and you get to explore that more if you have different stories taking place in this same world sometimes i do feel a little intimidated when i'm new to an author and they have like 10 series in the same world and i'm Mm -hmm. like where do i I start yeah yeah like what i don't and then i just get and then i get overwhelmed i'm like and i don't even try Um, and I can I feel like if I wasn't already a Star Wars fan someone could feel that way about Star Wars like it's just so big and what what do I even like how do I even get into this yeah so like there is that to consider when you're writing a lot of worlds but 
you know, Star Wars it does very well for itself. Yes. So. Yeah. There's pros yeah. and cons. By the yeah. and by the time you get as big as Star Wars, you know, you've got yeah, guides you're probably on where fine. to start and where to <laughs> jump in. Star Wars is like so thoroughly enmeshed in the cultural zeitgeist at this point that I think they could do yeah. anything and people would be like, Wow, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. So. So I will say one thing to keep in mind if you are someone who's working in a world that you've used before, if you're writing in it, if you're making games in a similar world, don't just go back to that world because you as a writer feel comfortable there and you're afraid to do something new. I feel like that is a bad reason to keep writing in the same world. If you don't have anything new to say in that world, if you don't have a new story, (laughs) if you don't have a new perspective, then as hard as it is, it's probably time to move away to a different world. So make sure that you're going back to your world for the right reasons um, and not because you're scared or it's just easier to stay yeah. in that world because your story won't be as strong. Fear's never a good reason mm-hmm. to do something like that. Totally. Um, I was just listening to a talk by R.F. Kang, the author of The, Co- the Poppy War. Ooh, that's on my to be read list. Oh, yeah, it's a good one. She was talking about, so she's written two more books after that series, and they're very, very different. Mm. And, like, she talked about why she did that, and she was like, I just felt like if I didn't do something completely different, I would just be writing the Poppy War over again. Or, like, I would be writing this character again, and I didn't want to do that. I wanted to do something new. And I'm like, that's really interesting. So, like, she really maybe didn't do the smart in quotation marks thing for like marketing purposes because your readers aren't going to translate necessarily from the poppy war series to her next books like for me personally i really loved the poppy war i'm not interested in the other genres of Mm -hmm. the books that she did so i'm not going to read them um so like you have to get almost a completely new audience Mm -hmm. when you do that yeah but she did it and like she's still a really great author and has people reading her books so like i think that's really interesting yeah and the right people will find those books like just like there's people who probably didn't like the poppy war but now her new books they're like well those ones i'm interested in yeah Yeah. there's a reader for every book there is and this is um my counter example that i am scared to say out loud on a podcast because I know <laughs> she so has if, an Listeners, army. if there's just a long beep after this, it's because Christiana <laughs> decided to retract I like, and just, it was scared. too controversial and we edited um, it out. <laughs> I got scared and I didn't want to say it. Um, <laughs> Sarah J. Bass has Ooh. written Throne I was of actually Glass. also thinking of her. Yeah, Throne of Glass, A Court of Throne and Roses, uh, the Crescent City series, I've read all of them and I've enjoyed all of them. They're all basically the same word in a different font. Mm. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's it's great. And sometimes that's exactly what you want. And like so I, like I'm not trying to like dunk on Sarah J. Mass or her readers or anything like that because I'm one of them. Um mm-hmm. sometimes that's what you want. Sometimes you finish a series and you're like, I just want this exact same thing, but slightly different. So that but way I can just different. like yeah. re-experience yeah. it. And that's also a totally fine approach but yeah you might get backed into a corner with it because i think if yeah because now Mass... her readers probably wouldn't want anything else like exactly now be really i think if she to get a sarah j mass reader to read something else yeah i think if she released like a totally wild sci-fi book everyone would be like what is this why 
Why did you release mm-hmm. it? I mean, she you know could I mean? do it. it she just could. It just might not be, yeah, might not be received as well. Yes. Yeah. Like, and I was actually like, thinking of her as well because so uh, on kind of the counter end of that, I've only read, so I've read The Throne of Glass, the very first book in that series, and then I've read yeah. her two Crescent City books. And in the most recent Crescent City book, apparently the stuff that happens very strongly indicates that the next book is going to be like a crossover with yes. one of her other series. Yeah. Oh. Um, and I am now so like put off by that because now I feel like, oh, well, I have to read this other series <laughs> to get this next things. book. Yeah, and like, yeah. I don't want to do that. But as I've been seeing online, there's a lot of people who are really excited about it. Me, so I'm one of them. <laughs> Christiana, but, like I said, them. I'm kind of excited to see the crossover. I like it. Yeah, um, and maybe it wouldn't work. Maybe this uh, universal crossover wouldn't work if the books weren't so similar. If that makes sense. Mm. Yep. Um, yep. But yeah, that's just something to keep in mind. Like sometimes you could do it and you, you're you a bestseller and you have a huge audience. Yep. Other times it, switching things up is the best thing you could do for your career as a writer, right? Like it's, it's really hard to say which one is going to be right for you. It's something that you have to kind of decide. Am I doing this because it's comfortable? Am I doing this because I want to do a crossover in the future? Am I doing mm-hmm. this? just because it's easy and that's what my fans want and that's what mm-hmm. I'm comfortable with or are you going to push yourself a little bit mm-hmm. I think it's hard to give advice like specific advice that will apply to everyone on yeah this absolutely yeah because like we also don't know what your goals are as an author or like yeah. how you define this success because like if success to you is making money Yep, then certain different. of these options are better for you yeah. Yeah. than others. Like I would say getting in a niche and writing the same thing over and over again might actually make yeah. you more money. Than, yeah, like romance um, authors, a lot of romance authors do quite well compared that, yep. to a lot of other authors yep. because it's a format and people expect it. And what they want, it, what you want in a romance novel is exactly the same plot with different characters, slightly different yep. characters yeah. every time. You can churn them out and that's what your audience wants. But, you know, that's a different kind of writing and you're, you want to do different things. So you have to think about, yeah, are you what are you writing for? What are you creating for? What are you building your world for? Is it for what is your, your fun? Yeah. yeah. Is it for money? Because as with everything, unfortunately, creativity is both an art, but also it's an industry. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And you got to balance, you know, those things as well. So bringing it back to Star Wars. <laughs> there, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks. This is now the back. episode about the Mandalorian uh, and Sarah J. Maas and yeah. existential crises. And <laughs> yeah. I think Star Wars is so successful because it can do all of those things. It could put out mm. the big movies that are basically the same movie over and over again. But could also have series like The Mandalorian or The Clone Wars mm-hmm. or Rebels mm-hmm. that are exploring these other facets because it's just such a big world that they built that you could really do yeah. anything within it. I think that's a good segue into our proprietor's pick Yay! for this week. And how could I not pick a Star Wars pick? Yeah. <laughs> so coming up July 18 of this year, which is in a couple months, Star Wars Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade by Delilah S. Dawson. From the aftermath of Order 66 comes a new group of former Jedi, each with their own reason to serve the Empire under Darth Vader. Among them is Iskat 
who survived the destruction of her old order to claim a new destiny in the Force. Iskat joins the Inquisitors in the hope of uncovering her hidden past that the Jedi refused to share with her. Um, this is really cool because the Inquisitors is kind of like a new... It, it yeah. wasn't a thing of the old uh, Star Wars series. Yeah. It's kind of a new thing. Um, and so I'm really interested to learn more and what they will do with this. That's very um, I've never read a Delilah S. Dawson book, but I followed her on Twitter for years. Uh, oh, yeah? She seems great. She gives lots of like, writing advice and like talks about books and stuff like that. So I, oh, I nice. can't endorse this book because I haven't read it, but I endorse her Twitter, and I think that this book will be great. <laughs> this book isn't out yet, so none of us can be like, yes, it's great, but it, it yeah. sounds really good. It sounds cool. So if you read it, let us know what you yeah. think, as usual. Yeah. All right, so I think we're at the time for last call. So, folks, what questions or thoughts or advice do we want to leave our listeners with in terms of world building and what we can learn from the Mandalorian? I'm just going to summarize our advice of like <laughs> yeah. don't listen don't listen to someone who's gives you specific like you have to do this or you have to do this. Determine what your specific goal for your writing is and mm. what your definition of success means and that will help you decide what kind of series you want whether you want to tackle a giant universe of mm -hmm. different stories within the same universe or whether you want to do different sort of stories um who and you can also find like authors to model your career after who's because there are tons of authors who have yeah. gone both routes who have mm -hmm. done both things and mm -hmm. so it's really, it's up to you. Yep. Yeah, there are no universal rules. Uh, there's just kind mm -hmm. of specific ones. So figure out what you want to do, and then you can figure out your specifics. Exactly. It's so easy, right? Right? <laughs> right. Just that's, do that. Just do like, that. all you gotta do. NBD. <laughs> Us uh, creators say. Yeah. I think my <laughs> advice would be... Um, don't be afraid to make the universe a little bit silly because you can still have very, very serious stories and serious themes and all of these really intense emotional scenes and characters and things like that set against that backdrop. And sometimes you just need a Grogu to come along and eat some frogs and provide some relief <laughs> to the reader. Yeah. Right? Don't be afraid to let Grogu eat Baby yeah. eggs. Yeah. yeah. Just, <laughs> just put a Grogu in your story. If we ever release merch, that will be on it. <laughs> yeah. Let Grogu That's our podcast eat. slogan. Yeah. <laughs> He's a growing boy. Let him have the eggs. Does the Mandalorian, like, never feed him? Or he's he just always... We never see him. it unless he's, like, committing genocide against <laughs> frogs. Or, like, stealing other kids cookies yeah, yeah. <laughs> my advice is going to be for anybody who wants to write episodic stories in the same world is to make your world broad that way you have a lot of things to explore you have a lot of angles to tackle and you don't have to worry about people getting bored with the same corner of the world make your world feel big and lived in and then you also won't be bored in writing. You get to make up a new kind of tree or a new kind of ecosystem. Yeah. Spread out. Don't just go to Tatooine all the yeah. time. I was just going to say Star that. Wars. Go to more places than Tatooine. <laughs> go to more places than Tatooine. If you're writing a and world, maybe... 
not Tatooine every single episode. Not Tatooine. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe not. don't do, like, planets that are, like, complete. Just one ecosystem. Like, this is yeah. your ice world. This is your city world. I mean, because yeah. Star Wars like gets that. away with it. Yeah, Star Wars gets away with it because it's Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars yeah. kind of has, like, a free pass on a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> we can't all be, be Star Wars. Unless you're writing yeah. for a Star Wars series. In yeah, which case, in which case, congratulations. Oh, do all don't, of these things. Don't take advice from us. Talk to Delilah your Delilah S. Dawson, don't listen to us. Write your own. <laughs> I mean... FYI, if you actually want to do this, you probably have to publish some of your own novels first. Yes, <laughs> yes. they don't generally hire no, uh, fledgling new, writers new, to yeah. work for big IP like that, but one can dream. Exactly. Yeah. All right, so those are all of our final thoughts to ponder when you're building your own world. Uh, we will be back again next time with more on The Mandalorian. As you can tell, we have a lot of things to say. So and many things. So many things, but for right now, it's closing time. Thank you so much for joining us at the tavern. We hope to serve you here again soon, but you gotta scram. Bye. Get Bye. out of here. See you later at the cantina. <laughs>